Hello, and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about Magic the Gathering. We're not experts on magic. You could even say some of us have only played one or two games. But Chris is making me, us, talk about it anyway. Oh, and yeah, we'll be focusing on magic for new players, so don't worry if you have no idea what Magic the Gathering even is. We will explain it all. And defend all of the expert players. But first... Under protest. <laughs> thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, and the Gift of Games at Gray's Lake. You can find them at thegiftofgames.com. And a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. All right. Uh, it, I'm going to mention it because I mentioned it at the top of every show. You can be with us live every Monday night, 8.30ish Central Time. Just go to tabletopgametalk.com slash live, and you get to hear all kinds of conversations. Usually, what is Chris drinking tonight is on that list. <laughs> um, and then we also talked a little bit about organizers and games, and, you know, we just talked about whatever. So join us. Also, I want to give a shout out to a couple people randomly. They don't know these are coming. So Sam Sessi, hello. Thanks for listening. And Emmy, you're an angel. Um, on that note, they'll know who they are. Um, <laughs> we have a new logo. Hopefully you're seeing it in your podcast feed now. If you're not, it's because I didn't change it after we were done recording. But since this is an exciting thing, it will. I, I'm pretty sure you'll see a new logo. Um and then next week, you're going to see a different logo. Now, these are podcast logos are funny because you have a, in iTunes, you have like a blanket logo that shows up. But in most other podcast listeners, you'll see the logo for the episode. So we'll be changing logos for episodes, but the overall iTunes logo is going to be the new updated one. So let us know what you think about that. Um, if you don't like it, don't say anything. If you do like it, say, oh, I really like it. <laughs> If don't I just like take it, just write it on a piece of paper and eat it. Yep. <laughs> Burn it. <laughs> it's totally good because we're not changing it. Um, and if you have not joined our 2021 giveaway, I'm just going to say we did a giveaway last week. Um, congratulations to Christopher Dong. We've settled on what games he's going to be getting. So those will be removed from the list for next week. And next week, we're going to have another winner. So you have exactly as we're talking now and as you're but as you're listening you have until sunday so you know <laughs> email us before sunday or if you want to be a patron that's even better um because we adore you um i think that's all of the main stuff that's those are my announcements um all right i want to save time to talk about magic because it's an awesome game um or a game worth talking about and but first i want to ask kitty fletcher what have you been up to this week Oh, man. Just for me, like, wedding stuff. Oh, right. uh, (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Getting into the full swing of that. Just getting... Oh, my gosh. My mic just fell. That's how (laughs) dangerous I am. Yeah, just just sorting all that out. We got about um, nine months, eight months, something like that. So just enough time. Uh, to put everything together and hopefully it'll all come together it will all come together if i there's one thing i know about weddings is when you put a date on them and you have a venue people are going to show up whether you're ready or not and it'll just happen (laughs) well so (laughs) the one wrench in all these plans is covid so that's that's kind of like the question mark yeah people will still show up what you'll do is if again i am on the optimistic side of things i think eight months from now we'll be able to have 
gatherings. But even if not, it'll still happen. You'll just be like, okay, if your last name starts with an odd letter, then you're not allowed to come anymore. And there you go. With an odd letter? (laughs) So odd letters are A and C and E. Basically, every other letter starting with A. It makes total sense if you're in my brain. I'm sure there's logic in there somewhere. (laughs) It's more fair than just say the last half of the alphabet. I'm an S and that's, you know, I always get left out. But I think I have to go to your wedding though, right? Uh, I mean, you don't have to go. (laughs) I'm not forcing you to go. Uh, I would like you to come. Well, I will be there. Uh, Kitty, how's your week been? Wedding stuff? No wedding stuff. (laughs) Uh, Baby showers coming up. Uh, I have two virtual baby showers to attend for the same person. So that's really fun. Um, Spencer has gotten super into light strips so all of our furniture now has like accent lights behind it (laughs) and um one of my i don't know if it was a christmas gift or just something i got around christmas even anymore my brain is melting but um i got a google hub so now we yell at it constantly to turn lights on and off and set timers and it's been very fun turning our house into a smart home and uh my kid is super into it. So player three really likes it to change the lights different colors. So he wakes up in the morning and tells it to make the lights blue, but it doesn't understand him yet. So <laughs> we, we have to repeat everything he says, but he really tries. He repeats everything you say to it. And it sometimes confuses the Google. Yeah. It's like a Jetson's future. <laughs> he doesn't even know. I know he he'll never I wake up in like, the morning I yell at this hub thing and it changes the lights to the color of my desire yeah he's hey spoiled. Google give me a snow day you're lucky that I'm on headphones otherwise my thing would start talking to you in the background like I'm sorry I can't do that I have Google and Siri so we're yelling at both of them pretty much constantly Um, We don't have Alexa, but someone I know has Alexa. And if you're talking about it on a podcast, like we might have just just... set off a bunch of people's devices. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call them dinguses (laughs) or something. Let's let's stop saying the actual keyword. We had to start saying (laughs) schmalexa. It was too silly. But yeah. Um, Yeah. My sister does a virtual workout class and the teacher was using Alexa to set the timers for it. And it just kept setting off everyone's Alexa (laughs) in the class. Well, you've set them off like 15 times now. There's people that have unsubscribed because of you. (laughs) (laughs) That's why Siri and Google are better because you have to use the two word combo so you can talk about them without setting them off. Yep. I agree. Um, yeah, and I don't have one. So even it's your though own I should, fault for having a Schmalexa. I'm a big like Amazon fanboy, but I'm like, eh, I'm in the Apple ecosystem. You're so an now I even have Siri. bigger Apple fanboy, so don't even <laughs> joke. <laughs> well, so I was a big Apple fanboy. Apple in the last half a decade hasn't super thrilled me, but I'm already like stuck. So I'm I'm fine being where I'm at. Yeah. But yeah, this week, um, they framed in our basement so we can actually get, you know, I can go down there and feel like the size of things. So I'm super excited about that now. Um, And Zachary, for the first time, so he's been in a toddler bed for about four months now. For the first time yesterday, he got up out of bed, opened his door, closed his door, and went downstairs and was looking for us, even though that we were still sleeping because we decided it was a Sunday and we were just going to sleep in. 
And <laughs> I heard him kind of like do the thud, thud, thud down the stairs. Not falling. He's just using his butt. <laughs> He's using it, his forehead as a break. Yeah, it could go either way, really. But <laughs> so I'm no, that's just how ki- like kids are incapable of going downstairs quietly. No, like they yeah. do everything at like eleven. <laughs> yep. But it was great. So I went out there and I looked over the railing and he's like looking around and he's just kind of like at the bottom of the stairs looking like, where is everyone? And yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. But he's turning two tomorrow. So as you guys hear this episode, he's turning two. And we've already taught him how to show oh, yeah, that he's two. We had a third birthday this week. <laughs> yeah. That yep. was so long ago now. Yeah, because player three turned two this week. He turned three. Yeah. Turned threes. Yeah, turned three. Yeah, he's one um, year he's one year and five days older than Zachary. So that's going to be exciting. We're just going to do, I'm bringing little mini cupcakes for daycare. We're just going to do a small cake and some presents at home, zoom in the grandparents. But um, yeah, so that's, that's, I'm, I I have a two-year-old. That's crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, we still have a three-year-old. It's bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a, I'll have a three-year-old and a one and a half-year-old at the same time, which is, oh, this is crazy. Okay, yeah. let's talk about magic. That I can actually <laughs> wrap my head around. <laughs> so magic, and this is a hard hard cut, I know. But Magic the Gathering, this is an episode I wanted to do for about 200 episodes. And I wanted to get our friend Rob Rossi, who we used to do a lot of role-playing with. And he is a huge magic fanatic. And I wanted to get him on the podcast so he could talk from a meaningful side of things. I couldn't get him, so we're going to talk from the non-meaningful side of things. <laughs> You're stuck with me. You're stuck with me. Now, my history with Magic is I started playing it in 1993 when the game was released. My first pack of Magic was a beta pack. Um, and there was nothing significant or, or amazing in that pack. I don't have any stories of I opened a Black Lotus and I gave it away or put it in my bike spokes. I didn't do any of those things. Um, if I ever had a Black Lotus, I would have kept it. But I didn't actually start playing playing until a set later, which I believe they called Revised. Um, and then I think I've mentioned I collected like a bunch of dual land cards and I recently sold them for, I don't know, like seven or eight thousand dollars for 40 cards. Magic is insane. Um, so, but I eventually had to get out because it's just ridiculously expensive and I was in college and, you know, you just don't have that kind of disposable income. Occasionally I'd go back and I might buy some cards here and there. I might buy, I bought, um, a couple pre-made decks to teach Kitty and, um, Josh magic when we did our trading card game episode and then recently i was listening to some best of 2020 games and magic the gathering jumpstart made someone's list i'm like what's that so i did some looking into it we'll talk about that for sure a little bit later and all of a sudden now i've been playing magic pretty much i don't know a couple hours a day for the last week and a half two weeks and i want to talk about it now so, uh, should we talk about the basics of what Magic is? You think there's a, like Fletcher, you've played Magic before, right? Uh, yeah, actually, I I probably started playing Magic not that much later than you did, maybe like '94, '95, um, because I had some friends that were kind of into it in elementary school. I was in elementary school at the time, so you beg your pa- you know, you beg your parents to like take you to the the hobby store or like you know get a f- scratch a few bucks together yeah at the time some, it was the, buy some packs yeah at the time it was the same place that we get model trains yeah exactly you go in there and it's like model trains and uh, and paint and other weird stuff um and i 
I bought some packs there and I, and I created like a few decks and I read the rules and everything. And, and I would play with people during lunchtime and everything. And then it was promptly banned from school. Yep. Um, <laughs> so you couldn't play it in school anymore. And then my decks just basically sat around for like a long, long time. And I would play them. I would play with like people here and there sometimes on the weekends or like, like odd you get to talking to some people and it's like, oh, you play magic? It's like, oh, I have a, I have some deck. Like, we should play each other. And then next time you meet up, you, like, bring your magic decks. Um, and I don't even yeah. know if I still have my magic decks because they're all first edition, probably like yours. Yeah. If you find them and they were in sleeves, the problem is a lot of kids they played were not with sleeved. Yeah. So it depends on they the quality of them. They were not sleeves, but I was a very careful kid. Yeah. I will well, give, and, and there are certain when I, cards. And when I stored them, I stored them in, like, a baseball card holder. Okay. Thing. Yeah, but and I, there's certain I, cards I played, that doesn't I played without sleeves. Yeah, there's certain cards that doesn't matter what the shape of them is because they'll just be play sets anyway. So they'll put them in opaque sleeves and it'll work out. Yeah. So Kitty, your history with Magic is you didn't play; you played Pokemon instead. So my experience with Magic was my cousin Josh played Magic and he showed me his um, like four inch thick binder full of cards, and I went to touch one and he slapped my hand and said, "No, you don't touch them." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was the end of it with me and Magic for a while. And yeah, I played Pokemon. I was much more into that realm of collectible card game. Um, and that was mostly because we got into like the whole Pokemon franchise. Like we played the video games. We watched the shows. My brother went to the musical. Like we were a Pokemon family. Yeah. So, um, you just couldn't really avoid it. But I never really played competitively. I barely even traded the cards. I just liked collecting them. And once I figured out how to play to win, no one in my family would play with me anymore. And I didn't like playing with other people. So that was it. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a couple comments in the chat saying that there are people that have never played Magic. So I'm going to go over the basic rules pretty quickly. Um and so Magic, again, 1993, it was the first trading card game, for better or worse. Um, it created an entire genre of games. Most of them have not made it nearly as far as Magic have. Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! are the notable standouts. And then you'll occasionally have games pop up from time to time that'll be collectible for a while. Currently, um, oh my, I, what is it? Blood and Glory? Glory uh, there's a, there is a game right now that has blood in the name that is um, making its way in the trading card world right now. That has is demanding crazy prices on eBay. Someone will tell me about it in a second. I'm sure um, it's going to kill me. But anyway, so magic, essentially the way that magic works is it's, you're going to get packs of cards and then a pack of cards, you're, you're going to get a rare card. You're going to get a couple uncommons. I think it's three uncommons and you're going to get a bunch of commons and usually one land. Um, the cards are blood? flesh and blood. Yes. So that is the that is the current major rage of things, and John just um, typed it at the same exact time you said it. <laughs> That's how long it takes to Google it. <laughs> yep. Um, so you're going to get random cards, and what's going to happen is you're going to put these cards together in a deck. There are five different colors of cards: uh, white, black, red, green, and blue. Each color has a certain theme. We'll talk about that in a second. And you're going to make a deck of sixty cards. You can't use more than four of any one card except for basic land. Um, basic land is the type of card that will, well, lands in general that are typically the cards that will give you mana to be able to cast your other spells. On your turn, you're going to draw one card. You can play one land and you can play as many spells as you have mana for. 
what your spells are going to bring creatures in. They may do damage. They may enchant things. They basically are, there's over 20,000 unique cards in Magic, so they can do a lot of different things. Um, at the end of your turn, you're, you'll be able to have a main phase. You attack. At the end of your turn, you discard down to seven, and your goal is to bring your opponent's life down to zero or make your opponent run out of cards. Um, those are the two main ways. There's also a victory condition where you can poison your opponent. I think 10 poison counters will kill your opponent as well. So that is it. It's a dueling game. It plays fairly fast. Um, a typical game of magic in com- the competitive scene can be anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes, and you p- play best two out of three. So typically, you need to play three games within 50 minutes in a tournament. Um, there's different tournaments will have different rules. There's dozens of different formats, which we'll talk about in a minute. But that's essentially the basics of it. The main problem people have with Magic, um, and it's pretty easy to say, is, and it's already been said, uh, Matthew actually mentioned, how to play Magic. Step one, get a signature loan to have enough money to buy the starter decks. Step two, bankruptcy. We are going to talk about playing Magic for free, um, or at least super cheap, because you don't have to spend a lot of money, and there are ways of actually making money while playing Magic. And a lot of, like, I think... And I'm not talking about winning at pros. I'm just saying you buy a bunch of cards, you sell off the ones you don't like, and you keep the ones you do. So, but we're going to talk about why I've started playing this and why I've spent $20. I've spent... Well, all right, I lied. $20 for the one way I'm playing it, more for the other, but I'll actually probably end up making about $200 off of that method. Um... So yeah, that's the basics. Um, Kitty, I put a little thing next to your name to describe what the colors of magic mean, because it's almost, I don't know, to me it feels like these colors are just part of the gaming zeitgeist. Is that the right word, I'm, I think? It, you, I think you used it right, Yay. but I disagree. All right. <laughs> these mean nothing to me until you typed them in here for me to read. All right, well, so the colors of color magic wheel. in magic. Yeah. There is a color wheel. It's not actually a color wheel. It is a wheel that has colors in it, but it is not a color wheel. <laughs> it's not if the you color know what wheel. a color wheel. It's not the <laughs> color wheel. It is a wheel of colors. So um, I hope you put a link to this in the show notes so people can see what we're talking about. All right. The colors of magic. Red. So this is mostly direct damage, land destruction, aggressive creatures, and randomness. That's what you so, have written here for me to read. Yeah. <laughs> so since you didn't read the article I attached to it, I will elaborate just slightly. Um, red, red is your ability to just basically do direct damage to things. And the randomness is there's a lot of like flip a coin in red, which you don't see in other colors much. A little you, bit in you black, need but to back not up. usually. Uh, there, there's five colors. Let's start with there. There are five colors. <laughs> there, there's five colors. Chris, I thought we're Chris just, already covered the five in, we're colors. We're just getting into colors. I, I thought Chris already up here said something about it. I was only vaguely paying attention. <laughs> so the next color is green. Green is uh, mostly powerful creatures. There are buff effects and mana ramp and mana creation. So Chris, would you like yes. to elaborate? So green tends to be able to create mana, which is what you use to play your spells, with things other than lands. So oftentimes their creatures will allow you to create mana of some sort and allow you to create mana of any color. So if you're playing a lot of different colors in your deck, green will help you be able to cast spells of different colors. 
So next is white. This is damage prevention and life gain. So this will actually give back life to your character instead of just taking away. You can add more so these games last forever. Yep. <laughs> um, small creatures, action restrictions, artifact and enchantment destruction and defense. Yeah, white is essentially trying to bring balance to the force, per se. Yeah. And a lot of white decks are angels and legions and soldiers um, and a lot of small things. Um, you know, they they kind of run... The white weenie deck is kind of a, uh, a stereotype for those decks where it's like, I'm just going to put a lot of small creatures out there and buff them up and then they're all going to attack you. And in the meantime, I'm going to heal myself and persu- prevent damage to all my creatures. John mentioned swarm, which is basically what you're doing. Although green's really good at swarming as well. All right, up next is blue. This will allow you to draw more cards, counter spells, return hand return to hand effects, tap manipulation and control. So this is your control. It allows you to manipulate the board state. Yeah, and blue is the color that you really hate to play against. Um blue is a may I color. So if your opponent's playing blue, it's like, "May I do this?" Yeah, I guess so. What about this? Okay, sure. What about this? Nope, I counter that. I'm like, Gah! So that's blue. Um, and then black is creature destruction, calling the weak, disease, necromancy, sacrifice, alternate spell costs. So you can lose life or sacrifice creatures, discard cards to play your spells instead of using your mana. Yeah. Um, and they're basically all about destruction and death. Yeah. And they're also like, you're going to take damage, but you're going to damage everyone else in the process. And it's, they really just, they don't care about killing themselves. They'll kill anything. Um, when I first started playing Magic, I always just avoided black. Black was just too dark for me. Nowadays, <laughs> it still is. Like, my colors are blue and red. Those are fun for me. Um, my main deck that I'm playing right now, though, is just a pure white deck. Which oftentimes I end with like over 200 health with that deck, um, which is fun. Now, there are five colors, but there are also two other types of cards. First being... Artifacts or colorless cards. And they can be anything, but are typically a higher cost than the colored equivalent of the card. So you'll find colorless cards that are also colored cards, but it costs more to play them in the colorless state. Yep. And these are almost always... Actually, I don't know of any colorless card that is a an actual instant or sorcery. Don't worry about what that is. But they're almost always <laughs> cards that will go into play. So there, there's something that yeah. sits on the board. It's not an effect. It is something that's played to the board. Right. And they may have effects they can do, but they're out there sitting there saying, hey, what's up? And then there are multicolored cards, and they require mana from more than one color, often merging color personalities. So you smoosh any of these two styles of play together, you can have a multicolored card that will meet that First occurred in the Legendary expansion, which is the second to last Obviously. expansion way back, <laughs> way back when. I remember when they first that first came out, I was like, what? There are cards that require two colors? How am I going to sort that? Um, I think they figured it out since then. <laughs> <laughs> so... I want to stop here and do a couple critiques of the game now that we have like kind of the basics down. Um, one of the main things that I think people gameplay wise will complain about are the idea of lands. You, when you, dr- 
draw your opening hand of seven cards. Um, you can mulligan, and each time you mulligan, you're going to start with one less card. But really what you're looking for is enough lands in your hand where you don't think you're going to run out of the ability to play a land each turn. And the, just the way shuffling works, in a 60-card deck, you typically have 24 lands. If you can't play lands, you can't play cards. It is possible to have a bad shuffle where, well, I had three in my opening hand, but I didn't draw another one the entire game. And since I couldn't get anything out, I just lose. Uh, the best two out of three format helps mitigate that luck. Uh, the new mulligan rules where you basically, each time you mulligan, you draw seven cards, and then the first mulligan, you have to discard one. The second one, you discard two. Technically, you put them at the bottom of your deck. But... Um, so it allows you to kind of search for what you're trying to find in your opening hand. But it's and Pokemon does this too with their little energy things. Yeah, it's but energy. This, yeah. But this concept has gone completely away with all modern dueling card games because of the fact that they're not interesting cards. There's nothing Now there are interesting <laughs> lands. There's a ton of non-basic lands that are certainly interesting, but in general like having a card that just does one thing it's like allows you to play other cards. Eh. So that's the, one of the main critiques you'll hear about the actual play of the game. Um, another one, which we've already had in chat, is that it's a pay-to-win game. So the more money you're willing to spend, the more likely you are to get a deck that is just super, super good. Uh, that kind of goes along with net decking, where you go and find like the best decks off the internet, and then you're going to buy those decks or buy the cards to make those decks. Um the other one is that you're going to keep paying for basically forever. So you might have a deck, but if you're active in the Magic community, just the way that the different formats work and the rotations work, you're going to always need to be buying new cards. I Yeah, actually, if you're interested in the economics of Magic the Gathering, there's a really good Planet Money episode about it. So Amazing, yes. It, and, it, and basically that episode summarizes in how Wizards of the Coast manages to keep the secondary market active without being directly involved in the secondary market. Because, you know, Wizard of the Coast only sells the main... Um, and how to keep you continually paying forever. Not yep. just like, oh, everyone bought the really powerful cards, and now they're all done buying cards. Nope, they're going to make you keep buying cards for the rest of your life. Yeah, so if you search Planet Money Magic the Gathering, it should come to the top of the list. Yeah, I think it's something about the Black Lotus... Yeah, I think the title, maybe the curse of the Black Lotus. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, Another thing. (laughs) Yeah. Another (laughs) thing that can go either way. um, And I actually put this in a critiques compliments of the game is that it's highly interactive. So a lot of games today, you when you're taking your turn, you tend to be the only person doing anything. So when you look at Hearthstone or Keyforge, there's not a lot of interaction with your opponent. Your opponent's not really doing anything on your turn, which greatly simplifies and quote unquote speeds up the game. Magic is not like that. Everything you do in magic can be reacted to from your opponent. So there's always a, you have to make sure that, yes, we can move on. Now, people who play the game, this becomes very instinctual very quickly. And if you're playing it online, it's all done for you. But it can be a bit of a... Slog. Slog, yeah. (laughs) Um, Also, games play fast. So like I say, best two out of three usually happens within 40 or 50 minutes. Um, There are tons of ways to play this game. There are literally dozens of formats that um, we're going to talk about just right up next. Um, Basically, you have competitive formats, casual formats, cheap formats. There's an entire format called Popper, where you're only allowed to use common cards. Like, that's, you know, common cards are a penny a piece at best if 
you know, if that much. And if you play the popper format, you're not spending a lot of money on cards because you're literally just using the stuff that everyone's throwing away. And you can still make some really, really cool decks. Um, and it's endlessly customizable. Like I said, there's over 20,000 unique cards. There, there's just so much personality you can put into your decks if you're using you know, all the cards, uh, which a format called Commander, which is one of the probably the most popular formats, um, does this. They're like every card from every set's almost every card from every set's legal. You only have one of each and you get 100 cards in your deck. So, you know, a lot of people are like make very personal Commander decks and make some pretty cool stuff. So, Fletcher, why don't you take us into formats a little bit? Um, Because there's a lot of them. Okay. So oh, and, some of the yep. basic formats are uh, draft or sealed. So these are pretty much like what you would expect. Um, in, a, in a draft sealed uh, format, you would buy um, five packs of cards, right? Well, in draft, you pick... In draft is three. In draft is three? So, buy three yep, packs so you draft, yeah. you're going to get three packs of cards. You pick one and then pass the rest. So you're going to be able to pick the cards that you want, which is why you can do it with three and still be able to um, get a an actual deck out of it. Sealed is a bit different, though. Uh, sealed, you get six boosters and you construct a 40-card deck. So that's just straight yep. up. You're just opening up packs of cards and then you're making a deck. Yeah, and in both of these formats... Yeah, in both of these formats, you get as many lands as you want. Actually, every format, well, not every format, but these formats, lands don't count. You'll always be able to get as many basic lands as you want. Um, and one of and the then, interesting things... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to move on, but if you have a comment, yeah. go ahead. No, no, no. I think you're going to move on to what I was about to comment on. Uh, the standard deck building rules? Nope. The 40-card deck. So <laughs> in Draft and Sealed, those are the only formats that are 40 cards versus 60 cards, which is going to be everything else. Um, also, the 40-card deck does not have the restriction of four cards per. So the corollary to that is the standard deck rules that Fletcher will talk about right this very second. So the standard deck rules are 60 cards. Has it always been 60 cards? Because I thought yes. it was less when I was playing. 40, 40 is, the, is the basic rules if you open up... If you opened up a rule book back in 93, it was a 40 card deck, but <laughs> any exactly tournament what was, I did. Yep. But any tournament was 60 cards. Um tournament play has always been 60 cards except for draft or sealed formats. Okay. Uh cuz I always remember doing 40 card decks cuz that's what it said in the rules. Um but I yep. never played competitively or playing the like rules. <laughs> uh so 60 cards, max 4 of any card, only one of uh, only one of any restricted card. No banned cards, which I think when I was playing, there was no such a thing. Um, there is now. <laughs> uh, unlimited unlimited basic lands, which you pretty much need. Um, and optional 15-card sideboard in most formats. I don't know what that means. So um, the 15-card sideboard is you could create a 60-card deck. And this is actually more important early on. Lately, I, I don't know how important it is. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are yelling at us right now that we've already gotten a bunch of things wrong. But imagine I have a white deck. And again, back in my day, we had circle protection. Circle protection, white, blue, red, green, black. And I didn't know what you were playing. But I might put all of those circles of protection in my sideboard. So after our first of three matches, I now know what you're playing. And I can swap out cards from my 60-card deck 
with 15 of the cards, with whatever cards I wanted in my sideboard. So I'd be like, oh, you're playing a red deck, so I'm going to take these two Circle of Protections, swap those in, and swap out these other two cards that I don't need because, you know, they're not as effective against your type of deck. And that's what the sideboard is meant for, is to tweak your deck for that best two out of three. Got it. I uh, I didn't have that problem because uh, I barely had enough cards to put together a deck with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't yeah. have enough money you- to like spend... I was like, yes, I have like 40 green cards now to put together a deck. (laughs) Yep. And if you weren't playing competitive, this didn't matter. Um, Now, banned cards right now, um, all cards that mention anti are bad. So in the very beginning of Magic, the idea was the start of the game, you would take one card and put it to the side. And both players would do that. And the winner would get those cards and keep them forever. So that was the ante to play the game. And there were certain cards that I would actually reference those ante cards. Like, you know, you get another one or someone reveals another. And you would actually be taking cards from each other. That ended super fast as these cards started getting real value and nobody wanted to play with them. So they are all banned in all formats, essentially. They just don't exist yeah. anymore. Um, I never played that yeah. way. So I remember those cards, but I was like, I'm not giving up these cards. I had to beg my mom for like five days. <laughs> yeah, we actually did play that way a few times. And then we decided, it's like, well, just play friendly variant where we don't do any. I'm like, okay. So those are your standard deck building rules. And all of the formats that we're about to talk about, we'll go over them pretty quickly. Um, we'll use those rules. Uh, okay, so we have uh, standard, which is rotating set each year. Four magic sets are released and added to standard once per year when the fall set releases the four oldest sets in standard are rotated out yep so Um, standard is really just the way of saying only the most recent sets are are legal here and what this does is it allows new players to get into the game without having to go back and buy cards that are you know 25 years old to be competitive it makes competitive players buy new cards exactly that's what it does yes yes um, and that's 100%. And if we're going to compare it to Keyforge, Keyforge, when they first came out, said, we will have no set rotations. All cars will always, all decks will always be available. I think that's probably a bad thing. Um, but all, there are pros and cons both ways. All cards will always be legal with heavily eroded rule sets. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's the <laughs> standard it format. just no. as unmanageable to deal <laughs> <Yes>. with. <laughs> Although the next format is actually more interesting to me. Yeah. So the next one is modern. All sets from 8th edition onward, which is July 2003, 10 years into the game. Yeah. So this is a non-rotating set. And you can play modern by saying, hey, I got into the game and I can play anything, you know, basically in the last 20 years. That's a lot of cards, though. So the next set, the next type was created. Pioneer. All sets since return to Rivnica. Ravinica? Ravinica. October 2012, about 20 years into the game. I think it's Ravnica, but Ravnica. Who knows? It's no, a fantasy I think you're game. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is, these are the last 10 years of cards. Again, making it a little bit easier if you want to play that set. Now, Pioneer, I have not seen in a ton of different places. Um, I normally hear modern and standard, but I think Pioneer is starting to get more and more um, traction as things are getting super expensive to go back. 20 years of cards uh then there's and john agrees with me uh, which which chris already kind of mentioned uh, only common cards from any set 
Yeah, and you can go all the way back to like the original sets with this one. So if you want to have a bunch of you know lightning bolts, you can have that, which is just kind of an undercosted, overpowered card. Um, but it was common, so it was it was cool. Oh, the sets with lightning bolts. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then there is a commander ninety nine cards using any set plus one general. Only one of each card, except basic lands, has uh, has some rules and focuses on multiplayer. Yeah, so commander special rules. Yeah, so commander is one of those things where even if you're not a huge, you don't want to collect a bunch of magic cards. There will be people that have a commander deck because this is just a very very popular casual format. Um, you'll play in groups. So typically, this is not meant to be a one on one. This is meant to be almost four players plus. And you start with 40 life instead of 20 life. And your general is something that you can cast at any time. So it sits in a different zone where it's just kind of always in your hand, but not really in your hand, but it's always available. And you build your cards around that. And because it's 99 cards where there's only one of each, it becomes, a, a, there's a lot of um, variability in there. Although I will say most commander decks like if you're building a commander deck you're trying to build a broken deck so something where you can get to an infinite combo and then destroy everyone or something like that you're trying to make something that is a unique thing that you can pull off that you can't pull off anything else and it allows cards from all the sets so you can kind of do that uh, then there's brawl it's like commander but with only 59 cards from the standard rotation plus one general uh, apparently this is not a very popular method of play now they're they're pushing it on arena, which we will talk to talk about in just a minute. But um, it's also brawl is meant to be. It doesn't allow all of the cards, so it can only be modern. Um, so cards in the last twenty years, and it doesn't really focus on multiplayer as much. But this is an official variant by Wizard of the Coast, where Commander is technically it's not official but they actually literally release commander decks so it's about as official as not official can be um but you don't see commander in tournaments typically and then the last two uh, are legacy and vintage and legacy is any card from any set but with the ba- except for the band restricted list and vintage is like legacy but with less banned cards yeah so a lot of times you'll hear people talking like you know legacy is just I can play with anything. Um, actually, vintage is I can play with anything, but legacy is I can play with anything that's not completely broken. Um, John mentions we forgot cube. Cube, there's a bunch of them we forgot, honest. I didn't put them on there. But cube is actually a good one to bring up. This is a set of cards that's curated. So typically people will put together a cube, and it is a draft cube. So you put together your cube, um, you deal out three stacks of 15 cards to each person, and then everyone drafts from that cube. So what you put in your cube will create the personality of the draft group that you're playing with um and there'll be people who really like focus on like i'm just trying to make the best cube i can so and this is just another draft format all right have we talked about everything magic i'm I'm listening to chat is there anyone who hasn't played magic that still has no clue what we're talking about and is still awake (laughs) all right either we did a good job or they're sleeping um John mentions Highlander. I'm not <laughs> sure what Highlander. There's Highlanders general. There's honestly, there are so many formats of magic that you can play with. And each of them have their own thing. Like they'll have their own banned and restricted lists. And you can do this in this game, but not in that game. And there's just a lot of ways to do this. So how do you play magic for free? This is something you get Chris I, to buy cards for you. That, that is one <laughs> way to do it. <laughs> Actually, 
Oh, that's not a bad idea. I might have to throw in a few packs of jumpstart into some of these giveaways we're doing. Um, Jason says online. Yes, there are mul- there are two specific ways to play Magic Online. There's Magic the Gathering Online, which was created in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and it looks like it was it created in the 2002 early 2002 here. Yes. Um, but it looks like it was created in the early 90s. It is a um, horrendously looking interface. However, it is still supported today. They're still adding cards today. They're still selling cards on it. You can still, it's a fully active community. And there are many people that will play on this because you can play all these legacy formats because the, the game has literally existed forever. Um, all right. It does not literally exist forever. I had no forever. idea that is, 1993 was the beginning of forever. Yeah, it has figuratively <laughs> existed forever. Uh, but it does have all the cards. So some people just really I'm like it. I'm older than forever, man. <laughs> it's crazy. It is. But there's a new version of Magic that you can play online called Arena. And this was released in September of 2018. And this is a piece of software that makes me angry. (laughs) (laughs) And and not in a bad way, but in a... It just makes me angry. It makes me so angry. So the reason it makes me angry is because Keyforge doesn't have something like this. Every single time I play Magic the Gathering Arena, I'm like... Why doesn't Keyforge have something like this? I might hopefully they never do because my life would be ruined. It would be the only thing I did all the time. <laughs> but this game, I enjoy magic and I don't want to spend a lot of money on it. So when I saw Magic the Gathering Arena, I'm like, I'm gonna try it out just to see what it is. And it occurred to me very quickly, you don't have to spend a penny. And they just keep giving you decks, they keep giving you cards. They keep giving you different ways of playing. Now, you can spend money on it. Don't get me wrong. There are, you absolutely can spend money on it. I've spent $20 on it. Um, as of tomorrow, that will be $120 because I'm doing some pre-orders for the next set that's coming out on Thursday. Um, <laughs> that's how they get you. That's how they this get you. This is how you play it but for you free. I spent $20 <laughs> and then tomorrow it'll be $120. But yeah. we're talking about how but- to play for free here. <laughs> but you can play for free and decide whether or not it's a game that you like. And each day for the first almost two, two and a half weeks, if you just go on and play, they will give you a free deck at the end of every day. Um, there's It's a quest system, so you have to play X number of spells or whatever, and you get a free deck. And those cards are deck cards that you can make your own deck with, and you get free packs. And like they just give so many things away that you can get a really good feel for how Magic plays. And it does a really good job at teaching you the game. It recently came out on Mac, which is why I never touched it before. Um, I think a few months ago it came out on Mac. Um, so I'm able to play it here. And it's coming out on mobile on Thursday for Android, early release. And it'll be coming out on iOS um, in a few months. So sometime this year it'll be a fully mobile game too. I truly enjoy this piece of software. I truly enjoy playing the game in this format because I can just play whenever, but I made Fletcher and Kitty try it because I wanted to get their opinions as well. So I'm going to start with Kitty and see if she tried it and we'll go from there. You told me that if I wanted to stay on this podcast, I had to play the tutorial. (laughs) (laughs) That was all I did. And it's fine. Um, I didn't like that it told me I could mute the characters, but even when I muted them, they kept talking. <laughs> I found them to be irritating. Um, but yeah, it played like magic. It was fine. It was a tutorial, so you didn't have to do any thinking. 
you know, every move that you made, there was the little blue highlight telling you, if you want to win, do this, you know, and it gave you the cards you needed to beat your opponent. So it didn't feel very much like I was actually playing a game, just like walking through how to play a game. And I never actually went further than that because I'm not interested in playing magic. It felt just like playing magic, I'm sure, except against some really obnoxious opponents. Um, <laughs> so maybe it felt just like playing magic. I don't know. <laughs> you know what's funny is I made Sydney do the same. Yeah, I made Sydney do the same homework, and she had the exact same thing. She's like, the the game's fine, the interface is fine, but the like all the opponents are cartoony and annoying. I'm like, okay, that's just the tutorial. Once you get out of the tutorial, you're you're playing real yeah. people, but. I, all right, that I found them. I found it kind of fun going through, but I could see how people would be annoyed. <laughs> um, Fletcher, did you get past the tutorial? And if not, what did you think about the quirky characters you were fighting against? Uh, I didn't have any problem with the quirky characters. It kind of reminded me of Hearthstone. Um, so, like in my head while I'm playing this, it's I'm remembering playing Magic back in the day, and then uh, I played Hearthstone for a little while when that came out, and I was comparing. Hearthstone to Magic, and now I'm comparing Magic to Hearthstone to Magic. Uh, so let's talk about what Hearthstone back- is, because we haven't described that o- yet. Have we not? Have you not ever talked about it? It's basically we haven't talked uh, about it during this episode, and maybe not the past twenty before this. So let's just recap. So very quickly, Hearthstone is a game by Blizzard. It's online. It's on the computer only. There's no physical decks, but it's essentially an online only um, trading card game in the same vein as magic the gathering their mana system is a little bit different there's no land or anything you automatically get uh mana like every every turn to use and you get more and more as the turns goes on uh it plays quick like magic um and it's a little bit more uh synchronous than magic is uh i'd say a lot more because there's no interaction yeah there's no interaction from your opponent but they can play like trap cards and stuff secrets and traps yeah there's yeah there's traps and secrets so but you don't actually so i didn't get far enough in magic to know if you can decide to fire those kind of cards or not but in um hearthstone like if you play a secret card that is like a trigger on something it will always fire you like you don't have a decision whether or not to like hold it back yeah or not um, Whereas in Magic with instant plays, you can choose to you, play it or not. You, you decide every make the choice time. to interrupt. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. My brother is really into Hearthstone. He plays in tournaments and stuff. And Hearthstone is so I think I mentioned it's by Blizzard and it's and it's in it's in the uh, World of Warcraft universe. It's in the Warcraft universe, so it has all all that kind yeah. of like design. And they do the same kind of like um, I guess like seasons. I guess you would say as. Um, Magic the Gathering, so they have the same kind of like format. Like in this year, o- like only the past three seasons are are like legal cards, essentially. Um, but that's that's quickly Magic in a not Magic Hearthstone in a nutshell. Uh, yeah. Well, and you play. I guess the the one big thing too is that you select instead of um uh like a color, you select a hero type, and your hero has uh dictates what kind of like cards you summon. And you have hero abilities, yeah. So you kind of do that instead of instead of like yep. colors. Yeah, it's very similar to the way that brawl or commander work, where you have this general, and the colors of cards that you can put in your deck are only the cards that are identified with that general. Like the color identity of that general are the ones you can play with. Um, but yeah, Hearthstone again, things like Hearthstone, Keyforge, um, you know, name really 
any game out there that's collectible and a dueling competitive all come from like inspired by Magic the Gathering. Um, yeah. How how Magic survived is beyond me, honestly. The fact that it has listen I'm to Planet Money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because they they had gone through some tough spots as well, and but the fact that it still exists and it's still going strong is super super cool. And honestly, it seems to prop up most local game stores. Almost all yes. local game store owners, if you talk to them, they will tell you that Magic is what allows them to do other things. Yep. And Wizards does a great job supporting local game stores, sending them free yeah. release kits and things like this. Um, recently, we've been playing a lot of D&D. And recently, several of the Magic worlds. So Magic um, has this idea that you're a planeswalker. So you're kind of walking mm-hmm. from world to world. And you know, you're this super powerful. And now the planeswalkers are actually cards you can play as well. Um, but some of these worlds, such as Ravnica, have a D&D source book now. So you can play in Ravnica D&D. I just have such a hard time being from Chicago. Every time I hear Ravnica, I accidentally think Ravin- Ravinia. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think of like middle-aged women drinking wine in the grass. <laughs> Ravinia it's is not what a it means. <laughs> north, yeah, it's a north ritzy suburb outdoor venue. Musical venue. venue yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing that I think found very interesting with this whole D&D and magic thing, because it's both Wizards of the Coast, is this year, and I think it's Q3, is the first D&D-themed magic set will be released. I, for one, am super excited about it. It's D&D in the Forgotten Realms. like I think it's Adventures in the Forgotten Realms or whatever, but it is a full-fledged magic set with the D&D theme. And if you were just going to pick one set to play... That's the set I would do. I know when Dice Masters did D&D Dice Masters, I'm like, I just want all of the D&D Dice Master stuff. Um, yeah, just like you wanted all of the D- or the Dice Masters Marvel stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you I made wanna... me get all of it. But I really like the D&D stuff. Um, so I'm actually really <laughs> looking forward to the D&D set coming out. I'm looking forward to more of these cross uh, crosses between the two. I thought there was another D&D source book that was based on magic that recently came out as well, but it's escaping me. Um, I think there was, I think there's two, but I know there's a definitely one. Um, so I like this kind of cross and magic has a ton of story, like, you know, comics, novels, all the stuff that's, that, you know, goes around each of these sets, actually trilogies of sets. So it's usually sets of three that are all kind of related and they tell a story as those cards are released. There's also a set that is, usually an annual set. So the last four or five years, they've had, you know, Magic 18, 19, 20, 21. Um, Except we don't think there is a Magic 22. So right now, there is no announcement that there's going to be a core set in this coming year. Um, We don't know if that's because they're dropping it. And I say we because I'm just, you know, grouping myself in with the internet. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of different things that are coming out. Now, those main sets we talked about where it's like the three sets and the core set and that what creates a standard block and all that. um, There are a bunch of other products that come out as well. And one product that I'm really very impressed with is Jumpstart. And this is the way that you can start playing Magic for very cheap. Um, not free, but very cheap. You, 
and this is the physical version of the game. So at the very top of the show, we mentioned that they're in random packs, and you get one rare and three uncommons and a bunch of commons, but they're all different colors, and there's different boosters and themed, and there's a bunch of different ways to do it. But Jumpstart, what it does, it says, you're going to open this pack, and it's half a deck. And you're going to open another pack, and it's a half a deck. And if you shuffle those two things together, you now have a deck. Now, they're 20-card packs, so when you shuffle them together, you get a 40-card deck, but it's meant for, like, kitchen table magic. It's not meant to be, you're not shuffling together competitive games or competitive decks for tournaments or anything, but you, there's 121 different decks that you can open up in these, well, half decks that you can open up, so, which is a very large combination. I'm going to actually, 121 times 121 is 14,641 different combinations of decks that you could create. With if you had all the packs, but you don't need all the packs. You you could buy five of them and have a, you know enough to play with for quite some time. And there, are, if you buy a display of them, there's 24 decks in a display. You can take the three or four most valuable cards, sell them on eBay very quickly and easily, and break even on the box, which is actually what I'm doing. I bought a couple boxes. I'm selling the most valuable cards. I will get the boxes for free, and I will still have about 40 decks that are full that I can play and mix and match at any time. Um, So that's like a way, again, to play. And it's really just kind of a neat little thing. Also, Magic has mentioned that, or Magic, Wizard of the Coast has mentioned that they don't, this is not a limited set. They will keep printing them as long as there's demand for them. But the concept is really neat. Like, I like Smash Up, the concept of putting two decks together. But I think Magic's the more interesting game. So this is Smash Up for Magic. Which to me is, it just sounds really cool. Kitty has no interest whatsoever. Keep your eyes open, <laughs> Kitty. Like you can do it. Staring <laughs> off into space. I feel like my son, who, when you're trying to do something and he doesn't want to do it, he goes, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, it worked as well for me tonight as it does for him in life, which is to say, not at all. <laughs> I'm still well, here. I that's... am paying attention. I I am the thing is I just don't like all of these ways to play magic without spending money. It seems like you are spending your time to make up for your lack of money and I sure. don't want to spend my time is number 1. Number 2, I like to play a game to be competitive. So, if I want to be competitive in magic, I have to spend money. If I want to be like part of the, you know, actual competitive circle, you just have to. Oh, it's and worse than that. I I also just don't like dueling games like this and spencer made fun of me because he's like you don't like dueling games as i'm wearing my keyforge sweatshirt (laughs) but keyforge is not actually a duel it's a race and it feels very different you are not like you might attack your opponent's creatures but it is to stop them from getting ahead not to stop them from destroying you and it just has a very different game feel to it and with the combination of it being a race, not a duel, and not having to buy individual cards, ensure that there's metagame to it. You can buy the decks. You know the combos to play. It, it still doesn't feel the same as magic of 
I'm not going to be the one to figure out what the good deck is in Magic. There's just no way. Somebody else online has already figured it out. I can go Google the list and buy the cards. I don't have to do any of the thinking. I just have to do the buying. Whereas with Keyforge, I still felt like I could do the thinking. And I haven't played it in a while. I'm not up to date on it. I had a baby instead of playing a competitive (laughs) card game. Oh, well. But I feel like with Keyforge, I can get back into it without too much trouble. It's in magic, like, and without much cost. I still have decks I can play in Keyforge that I really enjoyed playing that should still feel competitive. And if anything, sometimes it sounds like they're going to be overpowered and have been eroded to be less powerful than I originally played them. So it it doesn't feel the same to me. Yeah. At all. I I agree with you on. Pretty much all accounts. Um, the only thing I'll add is it's not money as much as time if you want to be good. So you can spend $1,000 and and get the perfect deck off the internet. Like, sure, you can do that. And it's not even an expensive way to play Magic. It's probably one of the cheaper ways to play Magic. <laughs> you still have to put in the time. You have to put in the time to know all of the different deck types of decks that are out there. And there are. There's a you know, a dozen or so at any given time meta decks that you're going to see. <laughs> decks, yes. Yeah. Yep. So you have to you have to know what's out there. You have to know what your deck does. You have to know exactly, you know, you have to play it over and over and over again. It is if you want to be competitive in magic, you need to put the time in. And it is a lifestyle game. If you're playing magic, you're probably not playing anything else. Not if you're like yeah. playing competitive magic. If you're playing casual magic, which is what we're talking about right now, when I play arena, I'll I'll be watching we're rewatching all of Star Trek the Next Generation. So when we're watching that, I'll be playing a game of arena at the same time because I can do both of those things at once and have fun doing it. I am not going to go to Friday Night Magic. I am not going to participate in any kind of tournaments or anything that's magic. I don't I just don't have that amount of time and energy to invest to be competitive. And I don't want to go to a tournament just to lose. I will Especially play a Especially not when you are already in that with Keyforge. Exactly. I'd rather play Keyforge. Um, even though Sydney does, thinks I hate Keyforge now, I don't. I don't like the current online <laughs> solution to Keyforge. And there's no in-person Keyforge. And we can't so. play in person. It's so yeah. frustrating. Yeah. I so, hear ya. <laughs> which is why... Which is why Magic Gathering Arena, like, I'm so impressed with the interface and the system and everything you can do and how quickly you can do it. And, like, the the matches, like, all of it is is just spot on. I just wish it were Keyforge. But it's not, so, so I'll play Magic in the meantime. I will say, I don't know if this changes past the tutorial, but I wish that there was, like, a little bit less animation. I wish I could turn off some of the animations. Like, some of it's helpful. You can see what you're doing. It's very like good but some of it's like i don't need to see all of these cards pretend to be drawn every time just show it in my hand i get i get it (laughs) (laughs) it's the animations you can tweak them a little bit and they stop they're not nearly as invading when you're actually playing against a real person (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. now it goes much faster i only play the tutorial (laughs) so but again if you've never played magic it's one of those games that if you've listened to this podcast, you have enough information to be like, oh, I've never played Magic, I don't know anything about it. Well, you probably know now more than you ever wanted to know. Um, but if you were curious <laughs> about it and you just wanted to play it and see what was up, 
you can go on to Arena. Another thing Check Arena out does. Arena. I will say, if you are curious about magic and you want to learn about it, it seems like a really good place to just dip your toes in without spending any money. And if you like yeah. it, you can go forward from there. Yeah. But you you haven't like, oh, even if you just like go out and buy a few cards, you go online. It feels like to get a real feel for physical magic, you have to spend a bunch of money to really get it. You can and, do it cheap, sure. And you have to have someone who also wants to play it with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Arena has that all built in. <laughs> yeah. 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 The last thing I'll say about Arena is if you buy pre-made decks from Wizards of the Coast, um, any deck basically in the last two to three years since Arena was out, it comes with a code that you can type into Arena, and then that deck is unlocked, and all the cards with it are unlocked in your Arena account. So if you buy a Planeswalker deck or any of the pre-constructed decks, you can unlock that deck online. Um, that I don't think that goes for the Commander decks. Double-check if that, if that's your format, because Commander isn't supported on Arena, but um, the Brawl decks and the Planeswalker decks all, and the Starter decks all have um, codes that you can unlock on Arena. So if you do want a physical copy of these things, you can transfer it there. Um, unfortunately, the other way does not apply. The digital copies of the cards are just strictly digital. You can never get them physical. Um, but they are also much cheaper. It's a dollar per booster as opposed to $4 per booster um, when you're buying them in real life. Um, there's also no trading. There's no chatting. There's no, like, there's a couple of emotes. You can say hello and good game, but you can't, you know, talk to your opponent unless you are friends with them. Uh, And all of those things are good because I can play anyone. (laughs) And no matter what happens, I don't go away angry because win or lose, I didn't have someone, you know, being a jerk. You also don't feel bad about yourself. It's also nice that, like, it doesn't let you accidentally break or forget rules. So right. you don't like Which get that big. like oh I'm yeah. new and I feel like an idiot kind of a feel. Like yeah you can make bad moves but you won't look like somebody who doesn't understand. You make bad legal moves. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that is our Magic the Gathering episode. We could literally there are dozens of podcasts on this topic. We are just <laughs> touching the surface we can talk about the pro circuits and how they're actually salaried players that go around and play magic the gathering on the pro circuit um we can talk about you know the different cheating methods and magic and shuffling and like there's just there's we talked about a handful of formats there's like two to three times more official formats than those that we just mentioned um the game really does have a ton going on for it and it's fun it's fun it's just, if you're in that right, if you want a competitive card game, great. This is the one you want to look at and then look at the other ones as well. If you're just looking for a casual card game, though, a casual two-player game, or you're trying to occupy yourself on a Tuesday night and you don't have anyone to play with, jump on Arena and you can do that too. So, um, yeah, that is our Magic the Gathering episode. We will no longer talk about Magic the Gathering ever again. <laughs> <laughs> if only up. that were true. <laughs> it'll come up tangentially only also as soon as Wishes of the coast has a version of keyforge that i can play online we will do an entire episode on that i am not <laughs> super sure that that's gonna happen um oh john mentions one thing um 
uh, on Magic Gathering Arena, one of the cool things it does is it doesn't allow you to get duplicates of cards or more than four of any one card because they're not valid. So what it does is it takes those cards and puts like decomposes them, puts them in a vault. And when you clear the vault, you get a bunch of wild cards that you can make into any card. And actually, a lot of the cards that you open in packs are wild cards that you can make to be anything. So even if you're trying to build a deck, you don't have to be searching for that specific card. You can actually turn wild cards into what you want. Um, it's a one-way thing. And then I I said Fantasy Flight Games. Did I say Final Fantasy Games? I meant Fantasy Flight Games. <laughs> you said Wizards. Actually. Wizards. Oh, for Keyforge. Yeah. All right, but yeah. you meant, yeah. FFT. Fantasy Flight is the one who does. <laughs> yeah. Yes. When there is an official... By the yes. publisher of the game, Keyforge Platform Online. I'm losing hope, though. I really am losing hope. So, and I want to be hopeful. All right, get me out of this mess. Kitty, go. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. If you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Want to watch us record live? You can find a link for that in our show notes, too. Comments or questions? Email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the Support Us link. And there's a link in the show notes, too. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons, Adam Harrison, Miles Joey Clark, The Gift of Games, J- Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Jeremy Fisher, Terrence Milner, Sean Peck, Christopher Dong, Jennifer Inkelbrecht, J- Brian Arnold, Michael Yanikowski, Bri- David Selleck, man, I'm having trouble with these names today, David Selleck, David Rath, <laughs> Jason Marks, Anne Reynolds, Christopher Letgo, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Joe Raxad, Weatherman Keefe, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Ben Gary, Matthew Droke, David Rank, Jerry Wong, C. Marie, Justin Willard, jo- Jason Rodney, Cindy Lone, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dog, Faz Flintham, Eric Salander, Glenn Cotter, John Williams, Sir Sully, Andrew Fayesh, Kamal Berth, Peter Fleming, Sean P. Kelly, Mike Smith, Caleb O'Brien, Don Gilstrap, Aaron Moore, Ron Nelson, Agnes Toth, Charles Pearson, Jesse Wheeler, and Ronald Roy. And thanks to everyone who's ever been a patron. Your support means the best. The world, the best, the best world to us. <laughs> Until next the week, world is your best oyster. Is it? Yeah. Oh, just go have some fun. So we did not play D&D this week because someone turned three. Yep. It was, um, a, it was a family birthday party. Which is totally fine. Um, so we will be back on next week. We're still playing Friday, right? As far as I know. I don't have any other plans this time. All right. Because I'm double prepped. Um, so yeah, we're Your doing good. Your kid's the one with a birthday this week. <laughs> yeah. So I think we should do um, a bit of a bluey thing that normally we reserve for only our live audience before and after the show. <laughs> But everyone should know, um, Kitty and I are addicted to Bluey, as is Miles. And season two is coming out on Disney+. Plus. When is this happening? It's not coming to Disney+. Plus. It is coming to Disney Juniors. The second half of season two is going to be airing in America starting February 8th. Okay. And Disney Junior, we can find that on Hulu. Yeah. That's 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 a live TV channel. Why is this so confusing? Jesus Christ. Uh, it's, it's all the <laughs> it's it's the streaming Disney services. Disney Junior is not on Disney Plus. It's on Hulu, <laughs> which is owned by Disney. Have so fun. K- yep. K- Kitty has taken up drawing Bluey characters. So what I'm going to say though is, if you don't have kids, it doesn't matter. Go watch Bluey. 
It's still really fun. It's so good. It's just so if good. You if you have Hulu with live TV, because it's not on all Hulu. It's only the Hulu if you have live TV, which is why I'm still logged into Chris's account. That's fair. I'm going to say... Um, you should watch Double Babysitter is my new favorite. It's basically a rom-com, but like also a kid's show. Very yeah, fun. I think if you have kids... <laughs> maybe you'll appreciate the show a lot more because I watched it and I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was entertaining, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was fine, but I didn't think it was anything like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Maybe because I don't have kids, I can't relate. So if you have kids, I think that's more because you you haven't been subjected to Mira, the Royal Detective or Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, like compared to other children's media out there. Which like right, which when I'm I have to watch, to watch that on repeat, <laughs> but I have to watch. Well, I mean, I don't. I mean, have what you're to. saying is turn that off your the bar TV is and walk so away, low. But <laughs> my bar is so low is, that this seems so good. But I actually like also the more you watch it, the more blurry. you enjoy it. <laughs> okay, you guys are making terrible podcasts because you're literally talking at the same time. But <laughs> <laughs> I will say that this is a lot like any. kids cartoon that also has humor for the adults this is that along those lines but i also like that it's not inappropriate for the kids because some of the like like um shrek lots of adult humor in shrek and some of it it was like ooh, if kids understood that i wouldn't want them repeating it (laughs) but they don't get it so they don't and it's fine but like bluey everything is appropriate it's all nice i like it All right, and that's our Bluey podcast for the week. Um, <laughs> next week, we're going to talk D&D. It's going to be our first role-playing epi- episode, our first official role-playing episode. And the topic's going to be misconceptions of D&D. So if, you do not, if you're not into role-playing, um, that's fine. We're going to tell you what you don't know or might think you know, and maybe could be right or wrong. If you have... We'll if you don't role play and have an idea of what you think role playing is, email it to us, please. Do our oh, that, research for us. That would be great. I would love would it. I want to see those emails roll in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Talk to everyone next week. <laughs>